When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm your host Lucas with Jonathan. And Jonathan, I know despite making the playoffs, I, I bet you're not feeling great about the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Who? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not feeling great at all. I mean, honestly, it's probably blasphemy, but like you got you got to really convince me that the season's not going to end next week. I mean, look, I mean, the Buccaneers are feisty, and you guys aren't playing feisty at all. We have the worst secondary in the league, and they got Chris Godwin and uh, and Mike, Mike Evans, Evans. So yeah, yeah, they could tear us up. I mean, easily. the offense has didn't look great against the Giants either. But you know, maybe there, maybe the Sixers will help you feel a little bit better. Yeah, well, I don't think this week, but <laughs> no, nah, not this week, but in general. Yeah. All right. Well, let's oh, jump man, in. We are right? recording Monday night, and I think do they play tonight? Nah, they play. Do they have a couple days off? They don't play till Wednesday. Okay. So yeah, we're recording Monday night. So just wanted to give some context. Uh, we were recording before any games are going on. So anyway, continue. I think you got the first game, right? Oh, I do have the first game, man. I watched this game. This was not a fun game to watch. The Sixers uh, played the New York Knicks. After, this is the first time the Sixers played them after the trade and uh, that the Knicks made for OG and Anobi. And uh, it was it was a slaughter. You know, at first it felt like it was going to be an even match. Like the Sixers came out at top and then, then the Knicks just kind of took it away. And uh, l- let me just ask, well, okay, before we get into all that, let me just say the Sixers were without some key role players. The Anthony Melton, Robert Covington, and of course, Corkmaz did not, were all on the injury report. But before we get into the bad, tell me, was there any good for you in this game? The return of Embiid, I mean, he pretty much was the main good. I mean, Max, he played really well, too. So, But we say that every week. But, like, the good for me was seeing Embiid back on the floor, which obviously we will get to in a minute, was just for the one game. But he played great. He got to the foul line 12 times, shot close to 50%, 30 points, 10 boards. A little light on assists compared to what he had with three this game. I mean, I think the good mostly came from the other team. Uh, take a page out of your book from last week or the other week. But uh, I, I did like seeing him be back out there. How about you? I mean, I'll, I'll give, I'll give Kelly Oubre some love. He was pretty efficient shooting 50% from the field on the three point line, 15.7 rebounds, three blocks. He was, Oubre definitely was a factor in giving the Sixers a first quarter lead. Uh, but then after that, the Sixers just could not bounce back. They lost the second and fourth quarters, mainly during Joel's rest periods, which is interesting. Um, look, yeah. the the Knicks, the look, they might have lost a little extra talent by losing both RJ and quickly. 
Like in like OG is the best player, but like overall talent, you could argue that the Knicks gave up more talent. But the addition of OG Ananobi, despite his bad shooting in this game, has opened up so much more for the Knicks offensively. Like, and by the way, we lost to the Knicks with RJ Barrett. Not RJ Barrett, sorry. Julius Randle only scoring eight points going one of eleven. Yeah, I know. And and I guess that's I'm gonna I, I'm sorry, I gotta take the bad here next, okay? I got I got to. Hang on one second, I gotta call. Go for it. Let me let me I'm I usually I, I give it to you first, but first off, I gotta say this. We lost to the Knicks without Julius Randle scoring ten points. And it's not like any one player went off. I mean, Brunson was their high score twenty nine, which is fine for him. You know, it's pretty good. But when you let Miles McBride, who I, West Virginia guy, shout out, love him, but he's really not been an offensive factor, and he had four threes in that first half. I think all in that first quarter, if I remember correctly, right? So when you let that happen, and then let Josh Hart go for ten, Quinn Grimes go for nineteen. DiVincenzo, 14. Harden signed 17. Oda Ananobi, 11. Like, you're not going to stop anybody. Like, the defense was just horrendous here. And, like, you know, I you could, you know, Joel, by the way, he was pretty, he got banged up pretty early in this game. And it's, uh, you know, we'll talk about it more later. But, like, the defense, which has been a staple of this Nick Nurse team pretty early on, was horrendous. And, I mean, you could... Tobias Harris did not return after halftime. I, or I was it halftime or in the third quarter? Can't remember. Off uh, I think no. I think it was halftime. No, I think it was the third quarter. Third quarter because he played twenty four minutes. I don't think he would have played the whole first half. So, um, but he only had six shot attempts and five points. Like that's just not going to get it done. Like Kelly Oubre did his part. He had fifteen. Maxie and Joel. We both know they did the, their part. Maxie had twenty seven and nine. Uh, not great shooting from the three-point line, but had 10 free throw attempts and won 45% from the field. So, like, it's not like, but, like, I think this type of game where good defensive teams can lock down your role players, this this game, and we'll definitely talk about it more later, has exposed the Sixers for their lack of a true third option. Yeah, no, you're right. And, I mean, the bad for me is, look, like, we turned the ball over 14 times. We were out-rebounded. They were plus 11 in rebounding. They Mm -hmm. shooting percentages. They're plus 8 overall. They were plus 18 from percentage points from three over us and plus Mm -hmm. 24 percentage points over us in free throws. Like, just all around shooting much better. I mean, I almost went to this game, and I'm so happy I didn't. That would have just been brutal to say. And on national TV, I mean, we see it every night, but when they're putting you on ESPN and you get blasted by the Knicks, man, this was not a good look. And, and you know, the thing is, we were talk- I heard them talking pregame, talking the Sixers up, and I'm just like, wow, this is not the type of showing we need to have on national TV. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and so, like, if I go to player of the game, I was talking about it earlier. I know one game you said it was someone on a different team. I really want to go and beat but you're like 30 points and tennis or 10 rebounds and you're minus 29 when you're on the floor. That's crazy. Like mm-hmm. you got beat down. You almost have to go with Brunson, honestly. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, those are the best on each. So, team. so Brunson's your player of the game. Yeah. Who's yours. Okay. Well, I'll be the Homer here and I'll go with, I'm, I'm, I'll go with Joel because like he played through injury here. 
because he got hurt pretty pretty much the first play of the game and then got hurt worse. First, he twisted his ankle, stepping on uh, Hardenstein's foot, and then he banged knees with Julius Randle. Julius Randle didn't even tw- uh, flinch. I don't think it was on purpose, but it definitely felt that way for me anyway. But um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's well, go to the next game. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, quick transition, obviously, to the next game. Tough loss, man. We lost the Utah Jazz, who are seventeen and twenty. But obviously, we have to make some keynotes. Uh, Tobias Harris, DeAnthony Melton, and Furkan were already going to be out. Robert Covington was ill, questionable before the game. He was ruled out. And then Joel Embiid was also ruled out. So we had three starters, one bench player in Covington who gets a lot of minutes. So really thin roster. Uh, I think we played nine guys, but really like six of them were getting the majority of the minutes. Lost to the Jazz. Uh, I th- was it a back-to-back? Was this? I yeah, think it was it a was back-to-back. Second it was a back-to-back. Of a back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, it was a back-to-back. So, I'm not trying to excuse it too much, but what would you say the good is from this game? Kelly Oubre? I mean, 24 on 18 shots. I mean, yeah. it's tough, man. Look, Tyrese was horrendous in this game, shooting percentage. He's struggling sometimes. Some games, it's just especially when Joel's out, it feels like he's pushing it too much, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Pat Bev, 12 points off the bench, 7 assists, 34 minutes. Like the lone bright spot of the – well, no, not the lone bright spot, but like he, he showed out in this game. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what I think. I mean, like you could say Paul Reed had a good game. I'm kind of off the Paul Reed boat, but we'll talk about that more later. Yeah, I mean, I thought the good I was going to go with Ubre too, but you think Maxi? He does have twenty five points and nine assists, but you're right, he was just like pushing it a little too much, and and that was a great. Nine of I think that's a great observation. Dude. Nine of yeah, 24. I think it's a great observation by you that that he seems to be like pushing it and playing a little bit out of his game when it beats out. Uh, he might have to figure that out, and like you said, that a consistent third option is just struggling. So decent production from them. I did like Pat Bev off the bench. Uh, but what would you say the bad is for you? I mean, just the fact that we couldn't get up and play against the Utah Jazz. I mean, look, they, they're starting five. Let me tell I mean, you got Lowry marketing. Okay, your starting center is John Collins, who's 6'8". He had 19 points yeah. and five rebounds. Your starting center. You, Lowry had 33 and 13. I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Simone Foncherio? Ontario, yeah, sure. uh, he's a foreign player. He had seven and seven. Colin Sexton, shout out to Colin Sexton. He's been playing good as of late for the uh, for the Utah Jazz. He he might have found his footing finally. Uh, Twenty two and ten. Chris Dunn. Remember when Chris Dunn was in Providence? Providence, you know, scoring, yep. like exploding as a scorer, and then as soon as he came to the NBA, he was a dud. Yeah, I mean. He's now a really good defensive player and solid playmaker, I guess. But, like, you know, you you had Walker Kessler coming off the bench with 10 and 4. You had Jordan Clark, Clarkson with 18 and 6 and 5. Uh, like, look, I just – it's not – it doesn't make me feel good that we had back-to-back losses. I mean, granted, Joel, like, half, more than half of your starting five didn't play here. You could argue technically all but one starter didn't play. Oh, two. Uh, no, no. Batum's a normal starter. Yeah. Anyway, my point yeah. being, 
it's just it's 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 bad, man. It's it's bad. Yeah, I mean, my bad specifically. Do you see that three point percentage? Eighteen point four, seven of thirty eight. Uh, we need, an, we need another three point shooter. Yeah, and I mean, the Jazz did not shoot well. They were twenty six point seven percent from three, but. Yeah, we should be able to beat the Jazz even when we have some people out. I know three starters is like, that's a real tough look. But, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe how bad we were shooting. Uh, I will say, I did. I was going to bring this up in around the NBA, but I think it's perfect here. The Utah Jazz have won 10 of their last 14 games. And have in those really? wins, in those wins, they beat the Sixers, obviously shorthanded, the Mavs, the Heat, and the Knicks. Huh. Do you but, think they're, 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 they're finding their footing and making a run of it? I don't know. Like, I don't think they're a great team. I thought when I saw that record originally out of their 14 games, like when in 10, I'm like, oh, it's an easy schedule. They did have some easy games, but I mean, the Mavs, Heat, and Knicks are no no slouches. And uh, I don't know if they're finding their footing and just like learning their rotation or uh, if, yeah, it, it kind of seems that way. But I still think the Sixers should have beat them, but I wanted to point that out. Yeah, it's, it's definitely weird for sure. Um, look, if Utah could actually. Utah's in a weird space. Like, I don't know. I Danny Ainge has a weird thing going on in Utah, and if I'm the GM, I don't know which direction I'm going, I guess. I don't know. Because, like, mm-hmm. do you trade some of these veterans so that you can bottom out and get another really good piece, or do you try to make it work with what you got? I don't know. But, yeah, no. Okay, so I think we've done the good. We did the bad. What we got, player of the game? You got to go marketing, right? Am I going two for two on different teams? Yeah, but, I think uh, you are. I won't go. But look, 33 like and 13 on 12 of 19. He's their biggest trade piece, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But he played great. And no one on the Sixers played too much inspired ball. I don't. I, I know 24 on 18 is pretty good. But Maxi was 25 points on 24 shots. Beverly was 12 points on 13 shots. Like, I did not love the shooting. So. I think Martin I'll give it to player. Kelly. I'll, I'll give it to Kelly for the Sixers, but I, I more than respect your choice to give it to Lowry Marketing. Okay. That, I think that's fair. All right. Well, we had the trade deadline, so that perfectly segues us. Absolutely. So the trade NBA trade deadline is February 8th, 2024. It's weird to say 24 at this point. You know, that's, that means we're going to be 32 this year, Jonathan. Okay. We don't need to do that. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, uh, side note here. I ruined uh, the holidays for my my sister and one of my cousins because I was talking to them on the phone. And I told them, I'm like, you know, our parents now are the same age as our grandparents were when we were little kids. And we're the same age as our parents were. And they were like, Lucas, shut up. And I'm yeah, just like, that's Look, wild I mean, to think it's, about. It's, it's true, though, man. It's true. We're getting up there. You're not wrong, but uh, yeah, I still anyway. feel young. So, getting back to the Sixers now, do the Sixers need to make a move before the trade deadline, or do you keep the roster construction as is? So, I was listening to people talk about this a little bit lately, uh, and it seems that this roster, Joel Embiid is the most comfortable with this roster as he's been with everyone else, any other roster. Like, I think he trusts the player on the te- players on the team. He likes how the offense runs. He feels comfortable with everyone. So mm-hmm. I'm really, really hesitant to make any big changes. However, like you said, and I'll let you touch on it a little more, I do think we need some three-point shooting, a little bit of bench depth. So I'm open to 
looking at the trade market, but I do not want to make a move to make a move, which I'm somewhat nervous that Daryl Morey sometimes does. I really like that Embiid seems to be happy because that's our main goal, second main goal. We want to win a championship, but you got to keep Embiid happy. So I hope it's nothing too big. What about you? Look, I think we both agreed early on, earlier in the season that we were like, oh, maybe we don't need to make a trade. But like I said earlier in this podcast, I think the, these games here have showed that the Sixers do need a, another quality scorer. Now, I don't know. I don't think that's Levine, to be clear. And we'll talk about our options here in a minute. But I, I think, yeah. I think like, you don't need, like, maybe somebody more consistent than Tobias Harris. Like, Tobias Harris, if he was a little bit more consistent, could be 20-point-per-game scorer. But he's not. So... Let's look at the guys that can average between like 20 and 22 if they're like the second option on like if when Joel's out, right? And can be like a solid 18 point per game score when Joel's in, right? So yeah. that, that that's that's the type of guy I'm looking at. Okay. Yeah, so. I think I think that's a good player and type of player, but yeah, I just don't want to do too much. Yeah, that's that's fair. So who are the best players available in a trade in your opinion? All right, so this will take kind of a two-part answer because the best players available are not the best players that the Sixers should be targeting. But, I mean, the best players, like individual players, I don't know how great he is with teammates, but obviously Zach Levine is one of the first people you got to mention. If the Bulls are blowing it up, DeMar DeRozan is one of the best. It seems less likely that uh, Cleveland will trade Donovan Mitchell, but I would keep uh, an eye out on that. And then probably Laurie Markkinen. Those are like the and C- Pascal Siakam. Those are probably like the five best players I think that are available for talks. Now, who do I think the Sixers should target? I think that I think I like Boyan Bogdanovich okay. from Detroit. I think that he he's a high volume shooter. We know he loves he has a very green light, um, but that's kind of the guy you want. He and he doesn't take a lot of time to get up his shot. So having the space that you'll kind of have with Embiid, I think that would be a great. Add. I don't think you'd have to trade too much. Who knows? Um, and then I, I think you and I have talked about Luke Kennard in the past. I would keep an eye on that. I'd like, to, again, another three-point shooter you don't necessarily need to to kind of I, – I, I don't think you'd have to give up like too, too much to get, but we'll I mean, see. Is he even in Memphis's rotation right now? No, nah, I don't think so. And I don't yeah. even think he was really in their rotation when John Morant was out. So – then why would we trade for? Him? I get that he's a high percentage three point shooter, but his D he gives up so much defensively. I, I just would keep an eye on it. I, 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 yeah, not, I, yeah. I think the next two are the ones I'd love to see. Not love, but I'd like to see Alex Caruso. I think if the Bulls really are going to blow it up, then I think anyone like if they have a fire sale, then I think Alex Caruso is kind of the perfect person. As I was saying, doesn't change too much to the rotation. Very unselfish player, which is what Embiid's looking for. Uh, and I think he's probably like the number one person I would target. But an interesting one that I want to get your take on. Obviously out probably for like a month, maybe a little longer now that an injury. But I would keep an eye on Chris Paul. Yes, you could go after Chris Paul. Definitely not. I think that that's a look because I think that Chris Paul, again, very unselfish, mature. People call him the point god. He is someone that Embiid would love to play with. Like, Harden had great court vision and, and got and be the ball in the right spots. Chris Paul would get him in even better spots. And I also think he's at the point of his career where he's looking to win a championship. Golden State doesn't look like they're going to win a championship. Uh, maybe they want to try and get some pieces back. I could see 
maybe swapping Harris and seeing how you make that work. But I, I kind of like Chris Paul. So Chris Paul could be an interesting fit at backup point guard. However, his shooting has been down. I want to preface okay. that. Um, look, I don't necessarily disagree that some of the best players might not be the best fit. I, I don't hate DeMar DeRozan for the Sixers, but I understand, you know, we're not the best three-point shooting team, and especially with volume-wise. Um, I understand staying away from him. But I have a trade that I, I worked on the other night when I was talking to my friend. And uh, I want you. I want you. you I want you. To, want your opinion on it, okay? Because it addresses all three positions of need, in my opinion, for the Sixers. Okay. Gets us a third legitimate scorer. Gets us a really good backup point guard. Gets us a little bit more size at the backup center position. Okay, you ready? Yep. The Sixers trade Tobias Harris, Paul Reed, Jaden Springer, and KJ Martin for and the. 2026 Clippers pick and the 2028 Clippers pick lottery protected. We give it no top 10 protection that we put on it. So that if, if, so if, if the um, Clippers are within the top 10, then we still keep the pick right for Kyle Kuzma, Tyus Jones, Daniel Gafford. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I don't know that that does too much. Okay, I like, okay. I like, Listen, just, just hear me out. Just hear me out, okay? Tyus Jones, one of the best backup point guards in the NBA when he's backing up, right? We can agree on that? Yes, yes. Okay, Daniel Gafford, not a starting center, but is he a high-quality backup? I'd say so, yeah. right? Kyle Kuzma. Let's compare Kuzma and, and, and Tobias Harris. Who's the better defender? Kuzma, right? Kuzma can be the better defender. We've seen it with the Lakers, right? He was the one, their go-to perimeter defender when he was there, right? For bigger wings. Okay. okay. I, I don't okay. think Tobias is too bad of a defender. Okay, but he's he's but Kuzma's a better upgrade, right? Kuzma's averaging a career high 30, 23 points per game right now, right? He goes he comes to the Sixers, probably goes down to like twenty or eighteen, right? Really probably, good three point yeah. shooter. Really good three point shooter. And you could argue more consistent than Tobias, right? And he's also an inch taller than Tobias, too. And here's the here's the best thing about about Kuzma. His contract descending. That means he gets cheaper each and every year. Yeah, but here's my issue with Kuzma is didn't the Wizards say they want multiple first round picks for him? That's insane. Okay, I think when push comes to shove, they're not going to get first round multiple first rounds. Maybe one. Yeah, but then they can just keep them. Okay, then they can keep him, and they he hinders their their ability to tank. Okay, fine, but like, like I said, I think that's a trade that makes the Sixers better. You get more depth, okay. and you upgrade over Tobias. Okay, so that's that's any, my any other players that you're looking at. I do like that trade option though. But any okay. other players? So, just so, oh there? yeah, other players. Yeah, sure. I'm looking at Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. I think that, uh, you know, gives us a true sixth man coming off the bench. If you want to keep Kelly Oubre in the starting five, gives you more like size that. at the guard position. 
and more playmaking. And he can score. Um, let's see, who else? I don't hate De- DeMar DeRozan. Uh, I'm also looking at teams in the bottom of the East and West right now. Bogdanovich is a good option. I think you could get him. You know, and here's another thing. I don't think we trade for him because I don't think the fit's there. But technically, all salary-wise, the only thing that you would have to, the only player you would have to trade to get this guy is Marcus Morris, and that's uh, Dejounte Murray. I was just about to ask you your thoughts on him. I was curious because so, it sounds like he's there. He's being like floated out there. A so lot. he he's definitely took a step back defensively since going to Atlanta, but. I think well, we know Maxi can play off the ball, right? And maybe Maxi is the third option is the best option, right? Maybe, maybe that is the case, right? Yeah. Murray's a twenty and uh, like twenty and five with with Trey Young, right? He can do the pick and roll. He's not a terrible shooter. I just it depends on how you use him and Maxi. Like you would have him guarding the best, you know, guard between the two of them. But you would prefer to for him to have the ball in his hands on offense versus Maxi, which I don't know if you want to take the ball out of Maxi's hands. That's that's the drawback. So I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Another yeah. guy that I'm looking at here, Terry Rozier. Okay, I, I, I looked at that too. And I think you could definitely make a wave to make that happen. Terry's an interesting player, but this is all you know guard help. Uh, Kelly uh, Olynyk. I don't know if they really make that trade now, but like, you know, Kelly Olynyk's a name to definitely keep an eye on. Andre Drummond, you know, I've mentioned we've mentioned him before. Yeah. Uh I I don't think you touch Pascal Siakam. No. Uh anybody else on the piston? I, I would be I would look at Killian Hayes. If it only costs you a second round pick in like Cork Maz's contract, then I, I would consider Killian Hayes, but I don't think he's in your playoff rotation. I don't think there's anybody on the Spurs unless they're willing to trade Keldon Johnson, which I don't think they are. Probably not. Yeah. Portland, I've already. Well, okay. Let's 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 do this little exercise. Would you trade? Would you trade Tobias Harris for Jeremy Grant, knowing that Jeremy Grant's got a super long contract and a year older than Tobias? I knew you were going to ask me that question, and no, I would not because I don't want that contract on my books. Okay, okay, that, 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 that's fine. I think, Look, I that's fair. Would you do it? I think it depends on how how much of a how much of an upgrade you think Jeremy Grant is over Tobias Harrison. Do you think that that's going to get you into the championship conversation? Probably not. I mean, now you could do a trade where you keep both. You have both Harris and Grant. That's an interesting combo because you have this yeah, salaries to activate I'd, that. Okay. Okay. Maybe. I'm trying to think about it. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, the Kuzma trade, you can aggregate Tobias Harris out for other contracts too. So, like, whatever. Uh, there's literally nobody on Memphis that I want that would be available. Absolutely nobody. So, yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking at here, man. That's Those those are kind of the names that I'm looking at. I don't think, like you said, maybe Chicago bottoms out, maybe they don't. Toronto, the only other player I see them trading is is Pascal, and that's just not a good fit. I mean, look, they, could they make it work? Yes, but would, they, would it make them better? I don't think so. No, no, I agree. Atlanta, I don't think they really give up anybody else. So, like, I don't, 
I don't know, man. In Detroit, like I said, I mean, unless you want to take a flyer on one of these young guys, like do you no, try to scoop I don't up think I Jaden Ivy? No, I don't think so. Like so. you said, like you said, it depends on the uh, the cost. I that if you want to consider, it, but no, I'm not. I'm not interested. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Look, it's it's hard. I mean, like Alex Crusoe, of course, he's going to get. It's crazy to think that a guy who is a role player, granted arguably the best role player in the NBA is worth multiple first round picks. It is crazy. It's absolutely but that's, crazy that's, that's what it would probably take to get him. Now, like and I you got to pay him, you got to pay him too. Like mm-hmm. he's got one more year after this year on contract. And I mean, what, how old is he? He's, he's 29 or he's going to be 30 in a, mm-hmm. a little bit. So he's going to be 31 looking for a contract. I mean, he can probably play for another contract, but I mean, he was signed what? Like he was signed for like, 50k out of the G League, and then you give him like a four-year, 37. He's going to be looking for like 80, 90. I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's another guy to look at. Well, how do you do? You think Zach Collins is available from the from the Spurs? Zach Collins. Oh, the, oh, uh, the center, mm, the stretch center. I don't know. I mean, when they took when they put Wemby at center, yeah, and then kind of like moved him out. I I mean, I think they'd be open, but I don't think they're going to make too many changes right now. They want to just get that core young group playing how old is Zach Collins I thought he was kind of young he's like 25 he's, he's in the 25 age range I want to say like in yeah, and he was a Gonzaga guy yeah 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 I don't yeah Memphis I don't know what they're doing man look I don't but you need here's another name from the the Warriors to consider would you go for Andrew Wiggins nah I don't I'm okay without that I think I think that's a fine name. I think it would be a good trade piece, but I think the unknown of, like, again, the known we have, I'm not trying to make too much shakeups for Embiid. Yeah, I don't know, man. Look, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Um, anyway, so on that note, I think it's time to switch gears. Well, let's get the the last one is buyers and sellers. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah buyers and sellers. So, Sorry, I, I got ahead of myself. So who – Jonathan, who do you think are the – we'll start with the biggest buyers first. Who's the biggest buyers? Obviously the Sixers right. are. Who else? All right, so I got two – one definite obvious buyer and then one buyer that I don't know they'll be buyers, but they need to. So the obvious buyer is the Lakers. Okay. I mean, I think Darvin Ham jobs is in general. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. Yeah. He, and I LeBron, I, I've heard this year is like the biggest year that Rob Polinka really, really does not want to make a change because he saw that this roster as constructed made a run to the Western Conference Finals. And as much as people like poo-poo the in-season tournament, they played phenomenal defense. So I think Rob Polinka is really holding on that he doesn't have to make a trade. Maybe LeBron forces his hand, but I think they will definitely be buyers. The other team I think should be buyers. The Oklahoma City Thunder are incredible. We yeah, we talked about that. We, yeah. Yes, and I think that if they add one, like, a strong veteran presence, I don't think they need to. Like, I, I think – I don't think they need to in order to, like, have good success this year. But if they want to, like, actually make a run at it this year, adding a – adding a like, a big veteran you have, I think they have, like, 15, 17 first-round draft picks over the next five or seven years. Just – they could go out. I don't think that Sam Presti is the kind of guy to do that. But I thought if you just added one veteran – What if they add get, DeMar DeRozan? Yeah, if you had DeMar DeRozan, or if you, like I don't think Lowry, Chris Paul's we, the we, answer. We, yeah, well, we talked but about like, Lowry someone like that back, back then too. Yeah, and Laurie Markkinen's a little younger, so yeah. I think that would be a great 
great pickup. So I think they should. But who do you have for buyers? Buyers, I have a few. So first, let me start in the East. Obviously, we got the Sixers. The Bucks would be buyers if they had anything to sell, right? If they had anything to trade with, right? Yeah, they really yeah. don't. Uh, but the Bucks would be would be or pretend buyers because they can't really buy anything. The Sixers are buyers. The Knicks are buyers. The Knicks are definitely buyers here. And I think Miami's a buyer. I think Miami's a buyer. If the if the right star becomes available, I think Miami definitely tries to get into the conversation there. So that's those are my buyers in the East. And then my buyers in the West, you mentioned OKC. I don't disagree, but I could also see Sam Presti just keeping it keeping it yeah. as is. I think the Kings are buyers. Uh, there was a rumor for a minute that they uh, Shams reported that um that they were in the Pascal Siakam trade talks, but then they pulled out. I think they're looking for a third star to go with the other two, which makes me think that maybe they've given up on Kyle, uh, Kyle Murray. Is that his name, Kyle Murray? Yeah. Uh, Murray becoming a superstar, who knows? But I think, they're a buy- I think they're a buyer. Dark horse buyer here, I think, are the Dallas Mavericks. Mm, okay. I don't know if they have much to trade. Probably not. But if they have anything left, I think they try to upgrade because – you saw the performance the other night. They both made at least five three-pointers, had like 30 points each or something like that. It was crazy. I'm talking, of course, of Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, besides that, Phoenix can't be a buyer. Lakers are buyers. Uh, I think Golden State is at a pivotal point. We'll see what happens if they become buyers or not. But, yeah, the, those are my buyers. Now, who okay. are your sellers? Who, who's the teams that are going to be like, have it, have it all? Yeah. I mean, so in my looking up of players that could be available, the sellers that keep coming up over and over again, obviously number one are the Chicago Bulls. People think Zach Levine's the main one, but if they are blowing it up, I think DeRozan, Caruso, Vucevic, I think they're all up for grabs. Now, we also talked a little bit about the Washington Wizards. They're, they got Jordan Poole and Tyus Jones as options. They could give up Gafford. I think that anything is on the table for them as well. Um, and Probably the um, Charlotte Hornets. I know we talked a little bit about Terry Rozier, but I mean, Terry Rozier, people could take a look at. If people want to venture into Miles Bridges, I think that that yeah, conversation Yeah, I don't think start. anybody's touching, touching Miles Bridges with a 10-foot pole, my good sir. Hey, who knows if there's a team out there desperate to try and make a run and they think he's the piece. But also, injured, not available to play, Gordon Hayward. I don't think that he's completely washed yet and i think that no, he he's can kind of play it but he's not worth the contract i mean that's that's the tricky part like like he's not worth yeah, the contract who knows? i mean who knows? who knows so let me get your sellers okay so let me start in the east i think i think the bulls are a good call depends on if they stay in the plan because clearly this front office is trying to latch on to anything i think the raptors are sellers we talked about the wizards Pistons might not be selling everything, but they're definitely selling their veterans, right? I yeah. think that, that that could happen. In the West, I think that I, I Warriors, as I said earlier, could go either way. I think Portland's going to be sellers. I think the Spurs, the Spurs have really nothing, nothing that contenders really want to sell. So, yeah, I'm going to say Portland there because they got a few guys there. But there's not that many sellers in the West. I mean, Utah, maybe. 
but like you know they could i could also just see them keep staying pat so who knows okay all right. all right, well, that'll take us to the uh, Around the NBA. I'll let you go first tonight. Anything that's out there that you want to talk about? Other I teams? mean, I think the, the main thing we have to talk about here is Draymond Green. First off, yeah. the NBA has reinstated him after a 12-game suspension. Let me ask your opinion on this first. Do you think 12 games was enough? No, I think it's too soft. I think it's I think too soft. we've repeatedly known that Adam Silver is a uh, player's players commissioner, and David Stern, as we've said before, this would have never happened. So. I mean, what are your I, thoughts? I thought it should have been at least 20. Yeah. I think it should have been at least 20. Um, that being said, Draymond on his podcast recently spoke out and said that he considered retiring because of all this stuff. What is your reaction to that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's even another proof. Like, I don't know if he was serious. I'm sure he kind of was serious. He He seems like the kind of person that wouldn't just, like, joke about that, but it seems like Adam Silver was kind of nervous about that. And it's no secret that Golden State is probably top two, maybe not number two in terms of like them and the Lakers that bring in revenue and stuff for the league. So I think that he wants to keep this team intact. He wants to see if they have one more run at a championship. I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but I think he wants to give them that because Steve Kerr's contract ends at the end of the year. Clay Thompson's end at the end of the year. So I honestly think Adam Silver is just appeasing him. And maybe Draymond came into that league was like, I'm retiring. And then Adam Silver backed up. But 12 games is not enough. It is absolutely not enough. It's it's not. It's not. Um, and, of course, this comes at the perfect time for the Warriors because they just lost Chris Paul to a fractured hand. This also comes around the same time that Jonathan Kaminga publicly called out Steve Kerr saying that he's lost faith in him because he benched him after having, like, 16 points on pretty efficient shooting in a limited number of minutes. What was that? No, you didn't hear about that? No, I'm saying, what was that? Like, who does he, like, yeah, I'm not trying to be, like, mean or, like, joking, but, like, who do you think you are to say that? Like, it's not like you're Steph Curry, where if you sat on the bench for the last 18 minutes, you'd be like, what the heck is Coach doing? Like, that's not who he is. I don't think Jonathan Kaminga has the right to... To be calling him out, I think he made a terrible business decision to air that out in public. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I can understand where Jonathan Kaminga's come from because it just seems like it's like we can we agree that Jonathan Kaminga has a lot of untapped potential. Is that is that fair to say? Right? Yeah. No. That but is. It, but it feels like every chance, every time that Kaminga you know tries to make a you know show off like. Every time he's showing us something, and then it automatically gets thrown to the bench, and I'm I'm honestly at a loss of to why because it, it's not like he's playing poorly. So it's just him and I. I don't think Jonathan Kaminga can stay in Golden State. Not not with their you know championship core still there. Just because Steve Kerr will not give him another shot, uh, will not give him a consistent shot at playing time. Because like I think he could be. I don't know if he's an all-star player, but he could he could be above, you know, he could be in like the, you know, Kelly Oubre, Tobias Harris, Kyle Kuzma area. You know what I mean? So I yeah. I I feel like his fit in Golden State is just not meant to be. We'll, we'll see. That that's I mean like that's the main thing I guess I wanted to really talk about. Uh, the the other thing is I think. Who beat? I think the Timberwolves lost to somebody last night. Was it the Knicks? They lost to the Knicks recently. Yeah, and the Knicks, Knicks with OG, I think are undefeated. 
So they like, are undefeated. Let me ask you, how big of a problem are the Knicks now with OG? I don't know how big a problem. I want to see a few more games, but I will say you asked me on the podcast last week how much of a shift in the uh, Eastern Conference playoffs this makes, and I brushed it off. I was like, nothing at all. Uh, I think I should walk that back a little bit because they look good, and we know that they're call- one of their calling cards is defense. So adding him has just been great. He's been playing well in offense, which is not his like specialty. Brunson looks a lot more comfortable. I mean, they haven't played – they have played some pretty good competition. I mean, they beat us. They beat us. They beat, the, they beat the, the Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I am. Uh, I'll take it back a little bit. I'll say they could shake it up. I, I still think the top tier right now is probably Boston and Milwaukee, with Boston a little bit above everyone. The Knicks might be trying to push into that second tier where the Sixers are kind of sitting. But well, let me you ask you this: If they match up? up against, if they match up against the Bucks, they've beaten the Bucks this season. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, we know Giannis will just tear him apart, but maybe you let Giannis get like 50 and just shut down everyone else. Yeah, because uh, like Dame's definitely not the same player he used to be. That's that's for sure. No. So I think that's a good question. I mean, do you think it'll shake up the East, the uh, this trade, now that we're seeing it play out a little bit? I mean, right now the the Knicks are six. I see them. I mean, look, they're tied for fourth right now with the Magic. So could they jump up the four? Absolutely. And then what? That's them in Boston in the second round, right? Yeah. I think I think they would beat Cleveland again, especially with the way that Cleveland looks right now. So that's them in Boston. How far does that team push Boston now that they have a perimeter defender like OG to throw at? I think David? it might be six. Five or six? I think six. I don't think they go seven. I don't think that there's an upset. I mean, I think it'd be closer if they had Mitchell Robinson, too. But, like, look, yeah. they they could cause – they're, they're going to be tough out for any Eastern Conference team. Not yeah, in the Miami no, they Heat. absolutely are. Uh, they absolutely yeah. are. Yeah, so that, 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 that's for sure. I don't – look, it's it's interesting. So, anyway, that's that, those are my thoughts. What are yours? Yeah, well, I know we talked a little bit about it, but the Lakers, man, uh, they are struggling. Like, they have been losing mm-hmm. games that they are not just, like, they're, like, serious favorites in. Um, they beat the Clippers last night, so we have to mention that. But uh, That was that was an impressive performance because I did not see that them having that in them. No, but they needed that. And if they didn't get that, I think Darvin Ham's fired that day. I, I absolutely think he's going to be fired. I don't know if it's necessarily 100% on him. I think a lot of the players apparently have been frustrated he's not been playing one of the lineups that worked really well in the playoffs. So if he's doing that, then maybe uh, LeBron skipped a press conference, which usually means like he doesn't want to say anything bad. Um, so No, yeah, I think the, it means Ham's, that he's making moves. That's what it means. It means that he's making moves. Yeah, well, I think Darvin Ham's days are numbered. Um, and that LeBron, though, that dunk by LeBron over Paul George last night was filthy. I, it's... He amazes me. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was the Jazz, but I talked about them earlier. Just keeping an eye on them, seeing if they have anything that might be interesting to uh, if they if they keep rolling, maybe they'll try and and make a little move. But I think they were underperforming early in the season, and, and we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, I think um, they were too. It's interesting that they went away from Walker Kessler being in the starting five because I I thought that starting five like maybe John Collins didn't fit, but like. Having Lowry Marketing next to Walker Kessler made a lot of sense to me. 
Yeah. So that that's a little weird. I don't know why. I guess Kessler's definitely experienced a little bit of a regression this season, but who knows? Yeah, and then you touched on the Knicks. So the only other thing, and I promise I'm trying not to be Chris talking about the OKC Thunder, but it uh. has to be said. So let me give you just – they had two head-scratching losses to the Nets and the Hawks, which is just kind of like I, I don't know what was going on. I think they were more schedule losses, though, because in the past two weeks, listen to who they've beaten. They stopped the Clippers' nine-game win streak, which then was on a five-game win streak again until last night. So they essentially had like 14 games, uh, and they had a loss in there to the Thunder. They Thunder beat the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, and the Celtics. That's like four of the best teams in the entire league in the past two weeks, and they just rolled them. So I heard someone say it, which I thought was pretty – pretty good way of saying it that they're better than they thought they would be um and i kind of think that like they, they're better than everyone thought they'd be even themselves and i think that they're kind of just playing like not knowing like playing like not knowing how good they are and and what that means i mean so that might that am, might be the case man might be the case i'm excited to see them but those are the main topics and uh before we oh, go oh, actually, hang, on, hang on hang on hang on hang on one other thing that we got to mention here semi sixers and nba related Okay. So Josh Harris, owner of the Sixers, is also now Wait. the owner of the Washington Commanders. I was just about to ask. I think I was just about to ask you this. So I, I was going to say before we go, I want to ask you this. Yeah, and I think so, I know what you're going to say. So he fired the head coach of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera. And they he is at, making a search committee that he's going to be a part of to find a new president of football operations. And yep. one of the people that he added to that group was former... Warriors GM Bob Myers. So Lucas, what is your you reaction it. to that? No, you took it out of my mouth. I wanted your reaction. You're a Washington football fan. I need to I, know what your thoughts are on Bob Myers coming I out. think it's the best move that he could have made and the most unpredictable really? move. Yeah, because look, Bob Myers knows one thing and it's culture. He knows how to talk to people. He knows how to get people in, you know, bought in. I mean, he was able to get KD to come to OKC, right? I mean, not okay. No, OKC, yeah, the he was. Warriors. So, yeah. I mean, he was part of that group. So, Giddy, I mean, it sounds like he's going to help. For I listened to um, the press conference today, and you're stealing a little bit of what I'm going to be doing on my football podcast, 13 Rings and NFC East podcast. Shout out. And, But I will say this. It sounds like Myers is not only going to help, you know, find the person that's going to be that, but he's also going to help with the, you know, make sure all of the structural things are in place to help this commander's franchise be a good franchise moving forward yes yeah, so when i first heard this i thought it was similar like they or kind of how you were saying early like i thought he might just come in and be helpful in the interview like he might be an interviewer and and give josh harris's opinion but it does sound like he's gonna have a little bit more of a role than maybe originally it was anticipated who knows how that'll affect his uh espn basketball analyst so oh, he's still but- gonna be there i checked espn all right, well, I'll say I agree with you, man. I think it's a great pick. And I think that Josh Harris is smart, and he knows what he doesn't know. And he's also hired like a 30-year Viking, yeah, Vikings yeah, yeah, yeah. GM. Yeah. So he's not just bringing in basketball people and like friends in a circle. He's truly doing his due diligence. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think that probably looks good for you, you guys going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely um, excited about that. Uh, that's for sure. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. We'll definitely see what yeah. happens, but I, I don't want to get into too much football because that's for my football podcast. But anyway, sir, let's go. How about you go ahead and play us out because I'm hungry and I need to eat dinner.
Yeah, well, I, it's time to watch some college football in a little bit. So, Ayo. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate your uh, you um, listen to our podcast. As you, always, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Please continue to read our work over at the Sixer Cents. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming up at the trade deadline literally one month from today. So continue to go over there and read our work. Thank you as always, and until next time, go Sixers. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.